You are listening to the Experience University Podcast with Dr. K, Season 7, Episode 4. Welcome to Experience University, where we aim to educate, inspire, and empower individuals who wish to design transformational experiences. Now your host, Dr. Kristen Malik. Hello, hello, my friends. If you're listening to my podcast episodes back to back to back, then you will notice that I sound a little different, and that's because I'm on the road. I'm traveling. I'm at a conference event training thing right now, and I'm on a different mic, so I hope everything's coming across okay. I checked it out a few times. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. I am... I'm going to share lots of valuable content today, but it might almost be in a little bit of a ranty bit. So I hope you all can bear with me and get all the fantastic nuggets out of this that I really feel called to share. What am I doing in Austin, Texas? I am attending a neuroscience training conference event, and it's a little bit of everything all in one. I read something yesterday that at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is so true. This is so great. And then I sat there and I pondered on it and I said, you know what? This actually isn't true. And I wanted to share a podcast episode with it in case it resonates with you and just to add a different thought perspective to it. Now at this neuroscience event, it had on like the very front page of one of these participant you know, manuals, uh, guides, you know, where they give you all the content. (laughs) And it said, all behavior change is unconscious. And I'm a behavior change designer. And I know a lot about the conscious and unconscious mind and, and the critical wedge between. And I don't know that I actually agree with that. I I like to talk about the brain as a type of garden. I say the unconscious mind is your soil and your uh, the critical wedge is kind of like that weed barrier or you know the top layer that's on top of the soil. And then you have all of these things that grow, which is your conscious mind. And you could have things growing that are beneficial. You could have things growing that are not beneficial. So when you're young in your environment, uh, particularly between one and seven, but also between eight and 12 and 14, they're just different periods. Like one to seven is your imprint period. And eight to 12 is kind of the modeling period where you're looking up to other people and kind of copying and seeing what they do and how it works for you. And then you have your socialization period. So there's all these defined periods of your brain development. Now, all of those seeds kind of get planted when you're younger. And so you have all these seeds planted in your unconscious mind. In those seeds, you could be growing a lot of things later in life. You could be growing weeds that are not beneficial. You could be growing flowers that are just really pretty and just make you feel good. You could be growing vegetables that really feed you and nourish you. There's lots of things that come out of seeds. And I haven't heard anybody else use this analogy quite in the way that I use this analogy. I use it in a lot of my keynotes and in a lot of my trainings because oftentimes we just think about like weeds and not weeds. And there's really so many different things that grow from these seeds. When you get older and you realize like, hey, maybe I'm not exactly the way that I want to be. And so maybe you go to therapy or you're doing like positive affirmations or whatever. I like to say that this is so critical, but it's kind of like taking a weed whacker or a lawnmower to the top of the soil. So you see all these weeds that you don't like and you cut them down. 
And then they keep coming back up and then you cut them down again. And they keep coming back up and you cut them down again because you haven't actually dug out the seed from the unconscious mind. And the better you get or the more therapy or coaching or self-transformation and self-growth work you do, the faster you can cut down those weeds. Like you could cut those weeds down multiple times a day, but you still have that spark of a thought. That you still have that thought that happens in your mind that you have to address and cut down. And some of the things that I love in neurolinguistics and some of the alternative forms of therapy that I'm skilled and trained and have experience in, um, it, it can go into your unconscious mind and kind of dig out those seeds, which is really fascinating. And I absolutely love what I do in terms of coaching and in some of my trainings. And so when you sit there and say behavior change is all unconscious, yes, and I would say Yes, you're digging out and replacing that seed, which does kind of dictate some of your behaviors. But if your conscious mind and your unconscious mind, if they never um, link together, then you're not going to have that behavior change, right? Because just like when you have weeds or flowers or vegetables that are growing up top, you have to tend to both. Like your vegetables are not going to nourish your mind if you don't eat them. You can let them sit there. You can let them rot your flowers are not going to continue to grow unless you water them, right? So the seed is just one part of the equation. And then getting through the critical wedge is another part of the equation. So we could go into your brain and you could say, I want to dig up the seed. And that's awesome. You could dig up the seed. It doesn't mean you're planting a new seed. And if you are planting a new seed, it doesn't mean you're watering it. And just because you're watering it doesn't mean it's strong enough to get through that landscape barrier. And just because it gets through that landscape barrier and makes it up, it doesn't mean that it's going to actually produce a vegetable, right? So there's lots of different portions of it. I really loved this statement at the beginning because I said, yes, oh my gosh, someone's acknowledging the unconscious mind is so critical. And then again, as I sat there and I thought about it, I said, there's so much more to this garden of our brain than just planting the seed. And it really kind of made me think about a lot of different areas of my life. I just had a coaching client breakthrough who had been dealing with with anxiety like their entire life, like crippling anxiety. They had done everything. They did different forms of therapy. They had done like spent like $15,000, something crazy on like getting the helmet that you wear that tries to rewire your brain, EMDR, which I have my feelings about EMDR. I think the EMDR can be useful, but your nervous system has to be in check first. And so if you are looking at EMDR or if you're doing EMDR therapy and it's not quite sticking for you, I would almost recommend taking a step back and trying some internal family systems therapy, some IFS therapy. Now, of course, this is the opinion of me. I'm not giving you official medical advice. Check with your provider. You know, all those liability statements that I'm inserting right here. But if you're finding some of these things don't work in those therapy, I always recommend that IFS, internal family systems, because it really does a great job of getting your nervous system in check. Anyways, that's a side <laughs> side rant, a side story. And I'm working with this coach, this uh, coaching client of mine, and he has been dealing with this anxiety throughout uh, his entire life. There's many things we did. We did a breakthrough. We, we were doing lots of different steps. And I got to a point, and he's very highly educated. He had a lot of questions that he wanted to ask. And there's one step that um, was like a, a limiting belief kind of state change. 
And I was trying to explain some different things in one way. I'm like trying to be super PC. So that way people like, you know, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, and I was explaining how sometimes in our body, in our nervous system, in our brain, you can't take something that's been a lifelong problem and just replace it with something good. Case in point, if you truly loathe yourself, if you do not love yourself at all, and you're having positive affirmations every single morning that you're saying, and your positive affirmations are something that's so unbelievable that your body can't even feel like an inkling of truth in it, it's really not going to stick. It's kind of like when you plant a seed in your unconscious mind that's like a weed, and it's starting to come up, and you keep cutting it down every day. And then you're adding like fertilizer to the soil. You still have those underlying like deep, dark kind of beliefs. And you're adding fertilizer, in this case, like positive affirmations to it to try to make it like a a happy, thriving environment. But you still don't have the seed for the flower. I hope this metaphor is making sense for everybody. It, It seems to be one of the favorites in my trainings and my speeches. Now, what I was trying to explain to him is you have to take this negative state and you need to make it neutral first. So you have to take this, I live in crippling anxiety and neutralize it. You have to neutralize it, like dig up the seed, check your soil, make sure your soil's good, like water it, make sure everything's just like really nice in your soil. It's just very neutral. Your nervous system is really calm. You're not having these crippling doubts or beliefs and then plant the good seed, right? It's a stage, it's a process. This doesn't work in every single case and a lot of beliefs, you do have to change it negative for positive right away. But if you have something that's so crippling, that's so negative, that's a a limiting belief or abandonment issues or addiction issues or all of these things, you have to kind of neutralize it first. And there's lots of tools and processes and things that I do with this, but I just wanted to give this example of how everything has to work together. It was just so fascinating the the last few days uh, that I've been here and the different people I've come in touch with and the different learnings that I've had from different sessions. And this was really speaking on my mind and on my heart. Behavior change is really a whole system. It's very holistic. And that's why I do have like 27 certifications and certificates across like eight different industries. Because I do feel in our world right now, we treat everything so siloed. We favor specialist careers when you spend an entire career niching into one tiny area. And I have niched. I've niched into events. But being in events and experience design and behavior change design, it's everything. And that's what I love about it. I get to do the coolest things in sound therapy and Reiki and in event design itself, in neuroscience, in psychology, in urban design, because we're setting the structure up for flow in placemaking and marketing and branding, because it's all integral to this experience. And it's the same with your body. Just thinking about diet, I, again, liability issues here right now. I am not a licensed dietitian or an RD. I'm not trying to give you advice, talk to your medical providers, all that stuff. But you should also think about how we're so focused of like, okay, well, this is the food for your blood type. And this is the food for your gut microbiome. 
And this is the food that you would eat for your hormones that you have. Or this is the food that you would eat if you had this medical condition. We treat everything like it's so separate, but it's really all together. And that's what's kind of frustrating. And I will say ChatGPT is a really great starting point for some of these things of like looking at things from a holistic standpoint. But remember, it's only as good as the questions you ask. And that is a great lesson for everything in life. The information that you get, the information that you process, the behavior change that you're looking for is only as good as the process and the questions that you ask. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Make sure to like and subscribe and leave that five-star rating. And I look forward to our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Experience University podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.